Welcome to the Ole Miss podcast that never blows the coverage. He's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. I got it. He's fast. Never sets an illegal screen. I totally get what you're talking about. And always goes for it on fourth and one. Hut, hut, hike! It's time to justify your existence. I want the truth! You're hearing it. Here are your hosts, Ben Craddock and Paris Schulford. Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that brings you all the relevant Ole Miss talk. I am Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Christian Bird, who covers recruiting for us here on the podcast. We're going to talk some recruiting, talk some basketball, too. Uh, big, uh, big win for Ole Miss last night, a ranked opponent. That hasn't happened since Kermit Davis's first year, the Rebels, uh, upsetting number 10 or 11, depending on your poll, uh, Tennessee, 52 to 50 at the Pavilion. Christian, how are you, man? I'm great, Parrish. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Did that uh, basketball game surprise you last night? Yeah, it did. Uh, it, it gave me heart palpitations. and I, I, it, It's one of those things where this team is so difficult um, outside of knowing you're going – to give teams fits defensively for the most part. I don't – I'm still a little bit in shock, but Ole Miss somehow, despite shooting poorly, found a way to make another team shoot more poorly. <laughs> and they won the game. It was very uh, interesting, Christian. I, I know that Ole Miss is a very good defensive team, can be, can be, but uh, they, they just really – uh, took backward steps on the road last week uh, at Arkansas and, and against Georgia. And I, I just, you know, I, I thought we might be beginning to see this team unravel. And, um, you know, they've piled some losses on top of one another, and maybe they're just going to play out the string. And uh, and that's not what we saw last night. Saw a lot of energy early. Saw Tennessee hit shots early. Tennessee yeah. hit five of their first seven threes. They and all did. of a sudden, you look up at halftime, and they're six for twelve, and uh, and the Rebels have made a little run and, and cut some off that deficit. I really thought the uh, the combination of of using the bigs together, uh, Romello White and Hadim C, that that worked well. And uh, at some point, it just looked like Tennessee began to look flustered and out of sync. I mean, to go, I had them at about twelve and a half minutes. The light, you know, down the stretch, 12 and a half minutes without a field goal. Uh, most teams, most teams, uh, if they're playing defense that way, the way Ole Miss was at that time, uh, would have been up by 10. But the Rebels aren't that kind of shooting team. That's right. And, 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 and listen, you know how this goes. Team starts off five for seven from behind the line. You think, here we go again. Teams have their best shooting night sometimes against us. This is unbelievable. Six for 12 at half, but the reality of it is you never thought they were going to shoot at that high of a clip the second half. You also didn't think they'd go 12-plus minutes without scoring. And so somehow Ole Miss figures out a way to frustrate them and get them out of sync. And, and, and again, it's, it's not always a complete dominant performance by Ole Miss, but it's in the right moments, and they found a way to do it. What you have to ask yourself, 
Farish, and this is what I just can't, and maybe this is just poor form by me, and if so, my apologies, but I can't just enjoy the win. I probably should. I can't stop thinking, what if this team had a Tyree? What if this team had a Marshall <laughs> Henderson? What if this team, I mean, if, you, if they had an elite score, this team could be really, really, really good because teams would have to try to keep up with him. They would, they would, it would put even more pressure. I can't even think about how good they might be. And, and who knows what that would open up in terms of roles for other players. But what I do know is, as frustrating as it's been, to not just roll over last night tells me so much about how hard these guys play. And I respect it a great deal and was certainly happy to see the win and enjoyed celebrating. Well, there, there was energy and effort from the beginning. You could see that. Uh, they weren't always effective defensively uh, at the at the beginning. Um, and when Tennessee started out knocking down those threes, I thought, like you said, well, this is going to be a, one of those nights and it's, it's not going to end well. I've written this game story before and I'm about to write it again. But even even when Tennessee was shooting well early, uh, part of that, Christian, was Eve's pond in the post. Okay. Right. And and he and 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 if we've seen this before from both Romello White and uh, Hadim C, they'll get good position. They will have their body between the basket and the offensive player, but guys just score over them. You know they're not yeah. leaping and blocking shots. Uh, they, they're not they're not facing up and getting physical. They, they just have the position, and that seems to be the end of it. And and Pond scored a couple of times over them. Uh, then when Tennessee got out of sync, uh, and the Rebels were getting some turnovers and doing some things like that, uh, Pond's when he had good position wasn't hitting. Yeah, you know, he missed a couple of looks like that that he had hit earlier. He missed them during that uh, 12 and a half minute stretch. So it was uh, a good game for the Rebels. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Ole Miss is back in action Saturday at three uh, at Auburn. Hey, folks, we want to take care of our partners, and uh, then we will talk some recruiting with Christian. Be sure to get by one of the Power Five crystals in Brookhaven, Byram, Gluckstadt, Oxford, or South Hilla for that massive breakfast menu featuring real eggs, biscuits, sausage gravy, and so much more. Then it's the chicks, pups, and best-selling originals to carry you the rest of the way. Get a sack full at Crystal today. And we want to give a shout out to the Weston Jackson Hotel. Find the right balance of inspiration and wellness in the heart of Mississippi's capital city at the Weston Jackson. Book a stay at westonjackson.com. Luxury downtown, visit those guys and get your relax on and check out our daily Ole Miss coverage at djournal.com. Find that drop down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook too. It's Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things in that group. Remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you feel like we're there. We're trying and we appreciate your support. So a uh, big win for Ole Miss basketball last night. Christian, let's talk recruiting a little bit. Uh, it, it seems the only storyline for Ole Miss today is uh, Taiwan Malone, uh, the four-star defensive tackle uh, out of New Jersey. He's going to announce at 3 o'clock uh, 
on ESPN2. I, Christian, I've heard Ole Miss's name in this and almost only Ole Miss for so long, for so long, so long. And as we often see in recruiting, uh, other teams don't quit. They make a push. And it looks like Texas A&M uh, has made that push. What, where do things stand? Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, look, Ole Miss has been the long-time clubhouse leader. There isn't a person that that would argue that for, for either team um, or for any of the teams recruiting him, any of the national recruiting folks. I mean, it, 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 it's been pretty well known. The, the problem is, like you said, Jimbo Fisher doesn't quit, and he's exceptionally good. And, and Texas A&M had a great season, and they've got a good baseball program. And they've got a lot of the things that Ole Miss has. I think at the end of the day, um, they certainly close the gap. But I look at a couple of things. Right now, national guys are not saying – like they're not changing their predictions on some of these recruiting signs. So yeah, one of the things I look at is the metric in which a lot of these guys are gauged in how they – um, whether or not, you know, how accurate they are at their predictions or the crystal balls. And there's a couple of other things on a few other sites, but all of those are still cast for Ole Miss. And so if there was this big doubt that I think a lot of people are, are building the hype up, that there's more doubt than there is. I, I think that there would certainly be a rash of people picking Texas A&M as their choice from a national standpoint, because that, let's just be honest, they get their information from straight from the horse's mouth. Usually those national guys have, Somebody on the inside feeding them information. And so um, I think Ole Miss has weathered the storm. Could it change on a dime? Of course it could. It's signing day, and he's a top you know, 100 prospect. Absolutely it could. But I think Ole Miss has, has kind of fought it off. Um, from everything I've read and everyone I've talked to, A&M made a push. Ole Miss feels like they're holding on. Um, it does not mean A&M won't win. But as of 9 a.m. on February's National Signing Day, I think Ole Miss feels good about where they're at. And I'd like to add, Parrish, that I think it is harder to change your mind when you've had a school in the lead for so long and you're a rationally thinking person than to flip uh, at the end. And so I just from – historic watching some of these historically and I know Ole Miss fans feel like they're always on the short end of the stick I don't know that they've ever led for a guy like this and then you know or, or have led for a lot of guys like this especially with baseball involved and then loss so I think he's going to end up at Ole Miss if it doesn't happen I won't be shocked uh, but I will be um, you know, I'll be a little surprised uh, how big is baseball in this, Christian? It sounds like it's it's really big. And, and of course, we've talked before about uh, the job that uh, Carl Lafferty uh, has done in, in his relationship with uh, Taiwan Malone as well, the Ole Miss assistant uh, baseball coach. But is it is it even bigger than we're thinking? I mean, is, is this a guy who really just kind of does football on the side? Uh, I, I think it's 50-50. I mean, I think it's that that prioritized for him. Uh, he absolutely wants to play college baseball. He can play college baseball. He's good enough to, he's good enough to play college baseball on an elite level. That doesn't mean that he'll make it to football or baseball. I, I really don't know. You, you've, you've seen that movie before and you've seen a lot of different endings, but the reality of it is baseball is important to him. And 
I would not put anybody up above Bianco and Lafferty when it comes to recruiting. They're just – they're so good, and I think Ole Miss's recruiting classes have consistently shown that. A&M's no pushover, but I think Ole Miss really made a big impact on him there. I think they made him priority for a long time, and, and I don't know that everybody did that. I think eventually they did that, but I don't know that everybody did that out of the gate, and I think that's one of the things that's kind of separated Ole Miss – uh, for a very long time, you, you just you, know, you you start to ask yourself when you look at these guys: Is there something unique about School A or B or C that that really gets their attention? And, and I think Ole Miss's baseball atmosphere, while maybe he didn't get to see it firsthand, you know, last year, he definitely knew what it was. He's you're able to go. There's a brand associated with. You can get on the internet. You can watch videos. You know, the beer shop, all the things that come with it, the, 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 the right field lounge, all of that. There's a brand to that. So it's easy to sell that in a COVID year or a year where, you know, he's not able, even if you just couldn't come see it for whatever reason. I think Old Miss's brand in baseball certainly intrigued him and, and, then I think the other part of this that nobody's really talking about is Ole Miss has strong ties to New Jersey on their recru- on their coaching staff, and and so there is there is some common understanding, some common ground. I just think the total package points to Ole Miss, but again, A and M is a hot name right now. They had a great season, and Jimbo is one of the best in the business. So uh, again, wouldn't be shocked if he's not at Ole Miss, but I'd be a little surprised if that makes sense. You're seeing uh, from Ole Miss fans, uh, many who have been down this road so many times, uh, kind of the, the, the woe is me response, like here we go yep. again. We're, yep. we're so close. Uh, you mentioned uh, that Ole Miss isn't usually in the lead uh, for this type of athlete, but, but is that uh, – is that mentality still justified at Ole Miss Christian? I mean, we, you and I can go back to Frank Gore and Peyton sure. Manning. I mean, we, you know, we, we can remember uh, recruiting battles like that. Yeah. But uh, has it changed in the modern era? Now, I, I know that, that uh, the NCAA investigation, the sanctions have thrown a different dynamic into it recently. Uh, but you go back and look in the Hugh Freeze era, and, and Ole Miss didn't lose – Robert Kimdichie at the end. They didn't That's lose right. Tony Cotter. They didn't lose Laquan Treadwell or Laramie Tunsil. And they, they, you know, I know you can. People are rolling eyes at that, and and there are allegations and all of that. But they they didn't lose these guys. Uh, they reel in a Luke Altmyer uh, at the early signing period, uh, and and some bigger names. I mean, even even while the investigation was going on, uh, a DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Uh, is Ole Miss uh, in in the recruiting conversation? Is it is it still that uh, hey man? There's just you know we we expect not to get this kid. Well, first of all, as a lifelong Ole Miss fan, expect the worst. That's okay. You don't have to tell everybody you expect the worst, but you, you know I, I get it. Right? You've been burned. It's okay. That's fine. Um, well, here's but here's the fact. You're right. I, I don't know that. I think it's a different time. Listen, Ole Miss has made great efforts to change its brand. There have been a number, a number of changes um, to help that from a number of different angles. Ole Miss 
has never, in my opinion, had a staff um, like the one they have now from a recruiting standpoint. And, and again, I think it's few and far between the amount of players that Ole Miss has led at this caliber the entire process. So, yes, they've lost guys before. Yes, they've lost to Frank Gore. Yes, it didn't work out with Peyton Manning. But, but, but when you lead for an elite prospect the entire time, is very difficult. Very rarely does it go wrong. So that may be salt in the wounds at three o'clock today. It really may, but I, I don't think that it is because um, historically and statistically, teams that lead the entire time end up with their guy. That's just that's just the way it, it, it happens because this is still a relationship business. It, it is. People can cite recruiting violations and a number of different things. I get it. Nothing is going to happen unless that kid has some type of relationship with the staff. And for all intents and purposes, Malone has an incredible relationship with the Ole Miss staff and with the football staff and with the Ole Miss baseball staff. So, again, yes, you could justify, here we go again, woe is me, we are Ole Miss, however you want to quote it. But you also need to recognize the changes over the course of time, since a lot of those things have happened, a lot of those recruiting battles that have made you feel that way, there have been changes. There's a new brand with Ole Miss. And I think those days um, are, are more and more limited. All right, Christian, what are they? They got three scholarships left. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, who are their transfer possibilities? So where, where do you think they look? Uh, because it, it sounds like it's uh, – uh, Malone or nothing today. They may not sign anybody today uh, if they don't sign Malone. Uh, what do you see uh, for these last three spots? All right, just a couple. Uh, first of all, I think that there's a great chance. Uh, well, I think the, the tight end transfer prospect they're looking at is the tight end from Jacksonville State. He was a former quarterback. He's long. He can run. I can't remember his name right now, Parrish. I'll he looks looks kind of light in the pants there, uh, Christian. Looks kind of not, not a heavy guy. Not, he's he's not, he's not going to line up guy. next to that offensive tackle and and and, nope. uh, and push anybody around. He he is not going to do that. But what he is could potentially do is run by linebackers. So I think it just depends on on uh, what you want to do. Um, and, and I think that's the name that's rumored. Um, again, not saying that's the case by any means, but that, that's certainly a rumored name right now. There may be somebody else in the mix, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think they're going to watch the transfer portal, um, so I don't think that that will happen immediately. But I think I, – I'll say this. I think there there is a chance. It's an outside chance. We'll talk about it a lot more <laughs> next time we're on the phone. I think there's a chance they could get a surprise today. Um, it's certainly in the works. Will it happen? Probably not. Surprises are, are pretty rare, but 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 there's definitely something brewing there. So I, I think while Old Miss is more than likely Malone or three transfers, it could be Malone a surprise in a transfer, or it could be a surprise and transfers. We don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But there's something going on, something brewing. I don't have any details right now. I just kind of got the wink, wink, nod, nod, and I trust that. <laughs> uh, if it goes south with the kid from up north, uh, Malone, uh, will the will one of the transfers be a defensive tackle? I can't imagine that one of the transfers won't be some type of defensive lineman. Uh, 
Uh, maybe not, but I, I just think if there is an elite pass rusher or there is a big time defensive tackle, they're not going to hesitate. Uh, they'll pull the trigger. They'll find they'll, they'll find a way to, to get that kid in. So uh, whether whether they get him or not, Parrish, I think if a big time defensive line prospect wants to come to Ole Miss, it's going to happen. So where uh where do they stand for the twenty twenty two class? Whew. Um, well, they're they're cooking right now. Uh, they've got things going. Um, I think the picture will become a lot more clear. Um, if anything is opened up over the summer, um, you know, that, that's one of the toughest parts of gauging who they really like and who they don't right now, Parrish, is strictly, you know, those camps uh, tell you so much because they really focus on bringing in those kids. We didn't have that last year. Um, so, you know, I'm intrigued, and I think a lot of what they do, who they go after in state will be pretty obvious. Um, and there's been a rash of, of offers that have gone out in Texas as well. They're hitting Texas hard. They're hitting Florida hard. They're hitting the Nashville area hard. Um, but I think, you know, I think they'll continue to focus on a number of different things. Primarily, I think they're going to focus on some elite rush ins. I think they need that in their arsenal. I think there's going to be a hole there. Um, and, and I think that, that, that you're going to see him go after certainly an elite running back with the possibility of Ely going in the draft. You know, you, you never know if there's attrition or transfer. So I think that's an area they didn't address this year that they need to address next year. But overall, um, I think they got a pretty good start, certainly, uh, with, the, with the George County commit. But I think what they really need to do moving forward is figure out this transfer deal and then focus and hone in uh, you know, on numbers because it's a weird numbers year, Parrish. I mean, you've got an entire class that's still eligible. They don't count against the 85. So they can get creative. They can do some different things. I'm anxious to see how they play it. Uh, and then we've got to wait to see how the junior college uh, scene shakes out. We don't know a lot about the kids who played last year. We've got very limited tape. And so uh, there could be a lot of transfers, a lot of opportunities there. It, it'll be a fun 2022 class. I'll just leave it at that. Um, and we won't know a lot more until we kind of get in the heart of the spring. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to get to one of the Power Five crystals in Brookhaven, Byram, Gluckstadt, Oxford, or Saltilla and get a sack full today, check out our daily Ole Miss coverage at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu, scroll down to the Ole Miss page, and watch the stories flow. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Come join us.